This is John Morello, Managing Director of the Private Client Group at CIFMA. I'm delighted to share the following recording of the opening keynote from our recent CIFMA Social Media and Digital Marketing Seminar, delivered by Clara Shai, CEO and founder of Hearsay. It's really great to be back at this event with you. As John said, um, I, my team and I have been at this event since the very beginning, and it's just amazing what we've done together in the last um, six years. It really is. We went from having to convince people and explain what social media even was to some of the really neat, um, high-impact use cases that are now starting to emerge at um, various firms that are here in the audience today. So I'm actually going to go down there because the AV people told me earlier if I walk up here and I touch the screen by accident, I get in big trouble. So they actually suggested that I be down on the ground, which is, which is preferable to me as well. Um, okay, so those are not my slides. There we go. Okay, so I'm going to kick things off um, with a short 20-minute session discussing some of the biggest challenges in wealth management. These are challenges that I'm sure that you've heard um, from, your, from your teams, from your executive teams, from your boards of directors, in your earnings calls for your companies. Um, and then I'm going to talk about how the work that we do can actually, and, and not only can, but is the only way that your firms can address many of these challenges, which is pretty exciting, pretty exciting place to be in. So first I want to start by saying last year, um, was of, of the seven and a half years that I've been running here, say, since I founded the company, um, last year was the most exciting and the most energizing for me because um, my team and I made a concerted effort to spend time out in the field with your advisors. So we have 150,000 advisors on the Hearsay platform. Obviously, we couldn't visit all of them. But the first thing we did was we analyzed all of the data of how they use social media, texting, websites, and email. And we started to learn some really interesting things. You know, while a lot of them were just kind of mailing, mailing it in, just posting once a week, nothing game-changing, there were groups of them that were doing really amazing practice transformational things. And our jobs in this room is to take what those few are doing and spread it out across the advisory business because it's a hard time to be an advisor right now. Robo-advice, aging clients, um, aging advisors, DOL compliance, cybersecurity, fee reductions. It's a tough, tough time to be in the business. And without technology scale, without digital, without all the things that we in this room do, a lot of advisors are just not going to be advisors. They're not going to be able to survive in this industry. Um, and so to begin with, I just want to say thank you. Thanks for inspiring us. Thanks to your advisors for inspiring us, for allowing us to survey them, to interview them, to literally sit in their office and watch them work for eight hours. Just that's, that's what our team and I have been doing in the last 12 months, and it's been eye-opening. And I'll share some of the lessons learned with you. Um, part of that transformation and, and those learnings has also been that social media is, it is critical, but on its own, you can only do so much. It's more of an upper funnel, top of funnel channel and where we have the greatest impact, where we can elevate the work of social media teams and really drive the ROI that John mentioned, is when we look holistically across everything that an advisor does and we connect the dots. We connect the dots for the advisor, we connect the dots for the client, we connect the dots for the firm. And so we'll share some learnings there as well. 
Um, Hearsay continues to be laser focused on the wealth management and banking and insurance industries. And that focus has allowed us to, again, glean insights and build those insights into everything that we do, not just product, but also programs, training, and execution. So, okay, we know that clients these days expect digital engagement, but actually three quarters of them don't want digital engagement only. They still want the advisor. They want it interspersed between in-person and digital, right? They want both. They want to meet the advisor before they hand over all of their money, but before they'll meet the advisor, they want to Google them, they want to email with them, they want to text with them to schedule the meeting. They don't want you to call them to schedule a meeting. Make it easy, right? So all of these things uh, have to come together in a seamless way for both the advisor as well as for the client. So we're asking these advisors to get more digital, but it's hard because as I said earlier, these days advisors are feeling pressure from all sides. The last thing that they have time to do is to suddenly learn a bunch of new digital programs unless those digital programs help them address some of these issues that they're facing around fee pressure and scale and the loyalty crisis from generational transfer, right? Unless it's connected, they don't have time for it. And so as we went out in these interviews, dozens of them, hundreds of them, pages and pages of notes, recordings, um, we, we took away, you know, there's three things that, you know, if we were to honestly assess our programs, any field digital program out there, there were three pitfalls that uh, a lot of us have been making. The first one is digital distraction. So especially for new advisors coming into the business, they're digital natives, you don't have to teach them how to use Facebook or Instagram, so they're digital natives. But if you don't direct them toward very specific sales, relationship, client, book of business building activities, they can end up wasting a lot of time right, because that's how Facebook is designed to waste your time. So if you aren't, it is, right? We also was like, where did those three hours go? Same thing is happening to your advisors. And so the less experienced they are, the more susceptible we found they are to getting distracted unless you put blinders on and guide them through. And don't just guide them with, here's something to post. That's not enough. That's like telling someone, drive to Boston, turn left, and then that's it. Like, you have to drive them the entire way through. You have to give them directions and see it all the way through to closing that client into their book of business and on an ongoing basis. The second pitfall we saw was that there were lots of technologies kludged and siloed on these advisors' desktops. You know, a lot of them, they've got two monitors, three monitors, four monitors, seven windows open. Each window has 50 tabs, right? We have that too, but advisors have it times 10. They don't even, they, they can't even deal with it. They can't, they're not going to use it. So you guys spend all this time putting together these perfect digital programs, or we were spending time putting together these perfect programs. The advisor aren't even logging in because they're, they're just like, I, I, I can't do this. I have too many other things that are going on. The final issue we saw was that advisors, um, especially on texting, that they would open texting up which is great, right? Everyone's texting these days. We've been, we talked about this at the last SIFMA meeting. And the clients got really excited. And the advisors are excited because over 90% of texts that get sent to clients are not only open and read, but they're responded to within three minutes. Except that the client expects the advisor to do the same, 
they expect when they text you that you, as the advisor, you also get back to them 100% of the time within three minutes. And so without a response plan where you've got your staff, your assistant, you've got some AI in there, you've got some bulk actions, the advisor is kind of hosed because they end up with a thousand unread messages from clients who, expect, who are all expecting to hear back ASAP. And that's actually even worse. Than, not telling, than telling the client that they can't text you because you've set an expectation that you can't deliver on. So this, this was our learning and it kind of hurt you know, to see some of this stuff because this was advisors on our programs, advisors in general. Um, and so we, we've been really thinking about how to solve that. Meanwhile, we've had a number of conversations with corporate leaders who are investing um, a lot of time and resources in client experience, in CRM, only to find you know, $50 million later of investment, there's not a lot going on in the CRM, right? You set it up, doesn't matter if it's Salesforce or Microsoft Dynamics, they, they stand it up and then they wait and then there's nothing. And then again, so you would go out to the advisors and they're like, what's going on? Do you, do you not know how to use CRM? And no, they know how to use it. They just don't want to do manual data entry. So who in here likes to do manual data entry? Anyone? Didn't think so, right? Your advisors don't like to do it either. So they have a great meeting with a client or with a prospect who is, looks like they're gonna work with this advisor, the first thing they do isn't to run back to their office and enter all the notes from that meeting. It just like, doesn't happen, right? We don't do that. So how would we expect our advisors to do that? So there's this big disconnect. And yet, the most valuable data and the most valuable interactions, it's not happening on your mobile app. It's not happening on the bank's mobile app. It's happening in those face-to-face -face meetings, in those one-on-one -on -one interactions and conversations between the advisor and the client. That's where the richest data with the most valuable clients are happening, but corporate doesn't see any of that. And so the solution is that we need to work better with our advisors. We can't just build it and they'll come. We can't just throw something over the wall and say, this is the best content, go use it. We actually have to, we have to, we have to guide them through the entire process. We have to tell them the entire way of driving to Boston, every turn, not just the first turn, not just the top of the funnel. And really it's about advisors needing marketing's help at the top of the funnel, right? No one knows content marketing better than the people in this room, right? This is what we do. Um, and so we have, to, we have to create that for the advisors, but we can't just toss it over. We have to make it really easy for them to share and to assist them in that top of funnel demand generation, and we're basically giving the advisor more at-bats. Because what happens is once you create the at-bat, the advisor knows how to bring it home. All right, so marketing focuses on the top. Advisors, because they're, they're salespeople, they're relationship managers, they focus on the one-to-one. -one. And that's how we work together, is we digitize the full funnel. We don't just tell the advisor, go post something on Twitter and your, your business will triple in, in 12 months. Like That's not gonna happen for anybody. Okay, so specifically, what does it mean to digitize that full client funnel? Four things, four requirements, and sorry it's a little bit hard to read the yellow font. Um, the first one is, let's start at the top. At the top of the funnel, your advisors do not think, they don't wake up in the morning thinking about content marketing. If they did, they wouldn't be an advisor, they'd have your jobs. Yeah. Advisors do not think about that, right? They just don't. They think about one to one. So for the top of the funnel, which is still very important, brand building, awareness, content marketing, we have to let the advisors automate and delegate. 
time after time, advisor office after advisor office, whether it was here or in Chicago, New York, Iowa, Arizona, we talked to these advisors who are like, I don't want to do top of the funnel. That's not where I shine, right? My, my time isn't best leveraged as a high net worth advisor posting content every morning. I think it's important. I want somebody else to do it for me. Marketing, do it for me. I'll tell you what's important to me. You do it for me. I want to focus on one-to-one. That's where I shine as an advisor. When I sit down with a client, I can close them. When I sit down with a client, I can tell them. I can really understand their needs. I can connect with them. And so that leads me to pillar number two, one-to-one workflows. Extremely, extremely important. Um, If you take away one thing from what I say this morning, we have to help advisors have these one-to-one interactions. Just like they do in person, we have to scale that. We have to scale that through the most powerful one-to-one channels, which are texting, phone, and um, email. We have to make it easy for them to, to have those conversations. So whether it's setting up an annual review or it's send, sending a required minimum distribution reminder, right? really important use case in wealth management, that's gotta, we have to make it easy for advisors to send that RMD reminder to their clients a few months before their 70th birthday to make sure that those assets stay with the advisor. That's how we can have an impact on our firm. The third um, pillar is that we have to start collecting this data. And this was also a really exciting um, revelation for, for me for the, in the last 12 months is all of these social media interactions, every text exchange, every website visit, every website lead, every email campaign that we have sent, we've sent millions of them over the last seven years since the very first SIFMA conference. We've had to capture it for compliance, but guess what? We can also analyze it for analytics. And that's how we've uncovered many of these use cases and patterns is looking at how these advisors organically were leveraging our channels. And so we've got to be able to understand the data opportunity behind both the one-to-many interactions as well as the one-to-one. And then finally, compliance has to be built in because the last thing you want to do is create another window or another tab on the advisor screen because they already have 57 windows and tabs. They don't want 58. So it's got to be built in. Don't make them think about it. Don't make them re-authenticate to a separate compliance system every three months. They're just not going to do it. They just won't be on digital at all. And all of the work that we do will kind of be for, uh, wasted on those, those advisors. So these are the four requirements. And at our company, at least, we've tasked every single person, not just in engineering, every single person in the company to think about these four criteria. And if the program that they're working on, if the training guide they're working on, if the feature that they're working on developing doesn't hit all four, they can't do it. And, and I would encourage you to do, the same, to do the same. Because without these four, we are exacerbating the amount of work that advisors have to do every day and not contributing to the most important things that they need to be doing to stay afloat. Okay, so this is what we've done is we, we, we've, we've taken what we had before, which is the red part, the email channel, social channel, websites, and texting. We've layered on specific wealth management workflows. We've built them in, right? You wouldn't do it if you weren't financially ser- financial services focused, but we are, so we've built them in on top of these channels. And then we've taken all the data and we connect it to CRM, right? We, we start pumping millions and millions of activities into CRM without the advisors ever having to log in. All they have to do 
is send the text or interact on social. And because we capture it and supervise it, we put it into CRM for them. Um, so it's, it's, it's everybody wins, right? Corporate gets their data. Advisors don't have to do manual data entry. Everyone's happy. And so what are those workflows? What are those really important use cases? Well, you guys know. I mean, you, get, you guys work in the wealth management industry. These are the ones that you told us really matter. So there are corporate-initiated workflows, like um, lead follow-up. Corporate generates a lead. You want to make sure that the advisor follows through. Do they even follow up? You don't know right now. You just have no idea. Um, DOL annual review, another really important one, right? Every head of distribution and um, every head of sales ops has been tasked with figuring this out and executing this year to make sure that annual reviews are at least offered to every client to make sure that we're um, adhering to the best interest fiduciary standards. So more on that later. RMDs, portfolio value decrease. Right? We can set up business rules that if, an, if a client's portfolio drops by a certain percentage and they, you know they tend to be sensitive to volatility, well, you better reach out as an advisor. Otherwise, what value are you adding? Right? They should just go and go put all their money in betterment. You're not adding value. Um, Beneficiary added and change. That's huge. When somebody adds a beneficiary to their wealth management account, that is a very material event. Because generally, not always, generally, they either got married, they got divorced, they remarried, they had a kid, or somebody died. One of those five things usually has happened when they add a beneficiary or change a beneficiary. And so we got to let the advisor know, reach out. And then we have to track whether they did it or not. Um, so that's corporate-initiated events. There's external event-triggered workflows, too, that we've been feeding into our system. So things like that apply to, to broad, not just to a single client, but to lots of clients. Um, tax law changes. When Brexit happened, um, the Dow dropping 1,100 points. Again, those are important, critical moments that you want the advisor to reach out. The advisor doesn't have time to write a letter to everybody. They're not, by the time it gets there, it'll be too late. They don't have time to call everybody. Do they have time, one click, to text everybody to say, hey, markets are crazy today. Don't worry, I'm on it. Right? That matters. That's how they justify their one first AUM fee every year. And then finally, as I said, we're looking at all the data and benchmarking the 150,000 advisors in our system. And we found really interesting. Certain clients prefer certain content. Right. Turns out that you know every time Eric, every time I put out an article about um, about the Grateful Dead, Eric is liking it. I can start to learn that about him. Um, I can learn that maybe he prefers texting over social, or he likes to consume content this way. So we're starting to learn those things, and without anyone having to do anything, we automatically it's like tra air traffic control. We route it through the right channel, right content. Smart replies are another one. Um, in our in our uh, in texting, we found that um, we actually found something really interesting, which is that most advisors tend to have. It's not like they have 50 different conversations. They tend to have a very narrow um, narrow number of conversations, maybe three or four conversation types. But they have that same conversation over and over and over again with different advisors. Or sorry, with different clients. So if they want to schedule a meeting, or if they want to um, talk about some some sort of new product. They tend to have that same conversation over and over again. And so that lends itself really well to machine learning. And we, we've been able to turn that into what we call smart replies. Right? The advisor doesn't have to manually type their response. They know we, we can suggest to them, hey, the last 11 times when someone asked you this question, this is how you responded. Is this what you want to respond again? 
even though Lisa hasn't asked you this question before, yes, just tap here and send. And so you can start to, it's not a chat bot, but it's an AI assist to make the advisor more productive, right? Because again, they're very busy. Um, calendar triggers, other examples. And so that's what we've been up to. And um, in terms of, I want to highlight some of the, the innovations that are happening in this room. So Eric's team has been really forward thinking. As again, as we think about automating and delegating the top of the funnel, right? The advisor said they don't want to have to go and manually post, even on a mobile app. I mean, some of them do, but a lot of them don't. Um, Eric's team has been really forward thinking at, at Morgan Stanley in terms of setting up these one-to-many um, dynamic campaigns. So they set them up. The advisor goes in, and, and some of the most popular ones are the 1% move, right? So that's one. That's, this is content that you already had, right? The other one is love and money, which I think is kind of a neat name, but it's talking about how to think about finances for your loved ones. So they, they had this content already. Instead of pushing it out to a library, pushing a mobile notification, having the advisor click. I mean, some of them will do that. A lot of them won't. They're, they're allowing advisors to say, look, do it for me. Put it on autopilot. You know, I trust Morgan Stanley. I, they love this content. And then the advisor can still go and post their own thing, but now they're not on the hook to have to do something and come up with something every week because they trust that Morgan Stanley marketing team will do it for them. They know that this content is good. And so they pick which ones, right? There's, they have like 11 different channels that the advisors can choose from. So that's a great example of automating the top of funnel to free advisors time to focus on what they do best. In the one-to-one -one realm, um, we've, we heard from advisors, hey, look, one-to-one -one brings social to life. Because it's, it, it doesn't... Me posting on, you know, this is, this is valuable, but where it gets really valuable is when I see it all the way through, is that I post something that generates the at-bat, that generates someone wanting to engage with me more on a personal level. Because posting something on Facebook doesn't feel personal because it's going out to everyone in my network. And so based on that feedback, we decided to include email templates as part of Hearsay Social. And so advisors now can see it all the way through. So they'll post something on um, retirement on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter, that'll generate interest. We can then follow up with those individuals with a next drip in the drip campaign through email that feels more personal, which then leads to a call or a meeting, which then leads to retention, high NPS, some sort of sales opportunity. So again, we have to see it all the way through, um, and that's, that's what we've been working with many of you in the room to be able to do. Um, Texting, same thing, right? A lot of texting is also a really powerful one-to-one -one channel and starting to distinguish when does it make sense to email something versus text, or sometimes there's variance by individual as well. Okay, so those are kind of the separate use cases for social. We talked about social, we talked about email one-to-one, -one, we talked about text one-to-one. -one. How does it all string together? How, does, how do we make this really easy for the client and for the advisor? So I'll give you a couple of examples. So the first one is New York Life, really excited. They're the first um, U.S. company. We, were, we had one in Asia before, but first U.S. company that, that has partnered with us for everything. So we've been able to, to learn end-to-end -end how this works. So we go post something on Facebook, right, something about um, retirement. Then the client or the prospect clicks on the content, goes to the, the, the advisor's website, mobile, web, doesn't matter, goes to the website, decides to fill out the lead form because they're interested in this particular area, 
again, content marketing all the way end to end, right? Starts with content marketing, then drives the click to the local advisor website that immediately triggers um, the advisor to get an email because we know what an advisor is supposed to say to someone who fills out a lead form. They don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. And we say, Hardy, Troy just filled out this lead form. Click here to send this email. And the email has already been pre-filled out, which says, hey, um, Troy, thank you so much for reaching out. I've, I've been serving the, the Atlanta community for 20 years as an advisor. Would love to, to get together. And then Hardy can go in and he can tweak that if, if he wants. Then click send. And now you've, you've completed social. And, and this, is, this is social ROI, right? Because you started with the content marketing and you saw it all the way through. Um, another use case that I mentioned earlier, now we talked, er, that, that previous example was that advisor's website. But we know that a lot of leads actually come from corporate. People just go to Morgan Stanley wealthmanagement.com or UBS.com or NewYorkLife.com, and they'll either do find an advisor in their local area based on interest and different matches, or they'll just fill out the generic content form and ask you to match for them. So you match them, it gets sent to um, that local advisor, and today you have no, no idea if the advisor follows up again. Again, if, unless they go and manually put in their CRM that they followed up, which they never do, it's just like a black box. And you're like, why did I spend all that money an effort on SEO and AdWords to drive this top of the funnel leads when my advisor isn't even following up. And I can't even tell if they followed up. So now let's, let's flip that and, and take that same e suggested email template. So now Troy has filled out a corporate form. The advisor emails Troy right away and the advisor also calls Troy because turns out the person wants, they, they specified on the lead form they wanted to call. And turns out the time to call for certain segments of clients is critical. Because if someone has a need state, they just want to roll over their 401k, they just want to get something done, if you don't get back to them within a few hours, certainly within the same day, they're just going to go to somebody else. They'll go to the next search result um, because they don't, even, they don't know you yet. And so that time is critical. And then the insights back to corporate are critical. Did the advisor follow up? Because if Joanna didn't follow up, I'm not going to give her the lead next time. I'm going to write it to somebody else who will. Um, how long did it take her to follow up? Did she do it within 30 minutes or did it take her seven days? In which case, the prospect doesn't even remember that they filled out this lead form. How does this affect conversion rates? Right, so there's all kinds of things we can start to A-B test once we have the, the data to understand what's happening. Um, so there's all kinds of use cases. I'm not going to walk through all of them. Um, another common one that we've heard a lot is every head of distribution wants to make sure every advisor is at least offering an annual review. They just had the first DOL, DOL lawsuit right, in, in Massachusetts. So this is a big, big deal if you're in compliance. So again, here's a, a way where digital, all the work that we do can help. We can show the regulator. Now, we, we, we covered it. Every advisor emailed and texted every client offering an annual review. The fact that Chris declined the review like, I can't make him meet with me, but I, I try, I'm, I'm serving his best interest. So these interactions can be, as I said, automatically logged into CRM. On average, we actually see that our interactions, all the work that we do um, in digital marketing can increase the amount of CRM 10 to 15x, all those text messages, all those emails, all those social media interactions, all the calls. Um, or if you don't have CRM, fine. View it in an on-demand report 
or in a dashboard. It doesn't matter where you view it as long as you have the data and you can take action on the data. So in closing, um, and then we'll move to the fireside chat, we have an enormous opportunity ahead. The biggest lesson that I learned in the last 12 months is that we can't do digital just for digital's sake. We have to point digital like a really powerful weapon. It can either distract or it can help address the biggest challenges that are threatening this industry. And I think we have, I mean, all of us, just like six years ago, we pushed for the first wave of social. The next wave of social is expanding across the funnel, connecting it to web, to text, to the things that matter most um, to advisors. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information about SIFMA and the events we host, please go to www.sifma.org.